Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is, man. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show. A little bit later than usual, but has some things going on this morning. I'm excited, though, to be able to push it out because I have a special guest coming on. One of my buddies, he's going to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Y'all hear about the 49ers all the time. So we're going to focus a little bit more on the Dallas Cowboys, their offense, their defense, their coordinators. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty with all that. No, no point intended. All right, but let's get it, y'all. Y'all know what it is. We'll be right back. Intercepted. It is picked up by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV podcast. podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Y'all know what it is, man. It's the morning show. We get into everything pertaining to the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm having one of my buddies come on and join me live. And also, I'll give you guys the opportunity to come on live and ask him questions as well. So it's going down. We're on that decent hour. I ain't got nothing else to do until like, what, 5 p.m. the next four hours? We ain't going for four hours, but... We don't got to be rushed off. So with no further ado, I appreciate everybody that's in here real quick. Let's go ahead and, you know, you veterans in here that are used to coming on here. Y'all know what it is, man. We got to we gotta send those flames. I see the flames coming in already. There we go. There we go. Five flames if you're feeling good. Anything less than that, we need to talk about it. Make sure everybody's mental health going into this game is great. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is. I'm excited. I mean... When is the last time the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys played a meaningful game? Right? It like it really means something. It's been a long time. And I'm excited to talk about this with Chris because we're going to talk about the, the history between these two teams. If you're younger than me, I'm 34 years old. If you're younger than me, you might not get it. You might not get it. Because I'm right there at the cusp, right? At the cutoff point. Any younger than me you might not get it. But this is a big time rivalry. Maybe. I don't know. My brother, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I get my brother on here. My big brother, he's a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. He's amped. He's excited. I'm going to the game. I hope y'all are going to the game. We're going to meet up. John Chapman, y'all already know. He got the whole gold rush uh, 49ers road trip going down. I'll try to put the link in here at some point. But it's going down, man. Everybody feeling good? Got the flames going up? Let's go. Let's go. It's go time. So anyways, man, gosh, playoffs. Who would have thought? 49ers are 2-4. and four. Now they head into the playoffs with the best record since week eight. Didn't think that this would be the case, but we're here. And to dis discuss all of that and more, I got my guy, Chris Vanek from, you want to shout out your Twitter name? Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my Twitter name is uh, no envy underscore Chris. That's N-O-N-V underscore Chris. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm just happy to be here. We used to host the show together uh, where we talk about all things NFL I uh, haven't really gotten to discuss a lot with each other lately, but I'm sure, you know, with the way the playoffs lined up and, uh, you know, our two teams getting ready to go to battle, it just seemed fitting that we get back in touch. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, once this, I was like, man, there's nobody better to talk to about this matchup than my guy, Chris. And I see somebody, they put this in the chat. They said the last time the 49ers and Cowboys had a meaningful game, there was no Amazon. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's, that's true. That's wild. That's true. I, I would say... Maybe the most anticipated game, probably 2011, Har uh, Harbaugh's first year, Cowboys won. Uh, they came back. I want to say maybe they won in overtime, 
with uh gosh, who was the guy from the show? Hollins? Jesse Hollins? Was that his yeah. name? Uh, uh no, uh uh Jesse Holly. Holly, there we go. Had the big yeah. catch down the sideline. 49ers actually jumped out to a lead. They ended up losing that game. They played a couple years later when Colin Kaepernick was that quarterback. 49ers went into Dallas. They won that game. And those were the last two like meaningful games that these two teams right. played. But nothing to this magnitude of playing in the playoffs. So I want to ask you first, like going all the way back to the rivalry of the late 80s, the early 90s, you know, most people would tell you that uh, th those games, that NFC Championship game, like that was that was the Super Bowl. <laughs> Whoever won that game right. was winning Absolutely. the Super Bowl. And the Cowboys got the better of the 49ers a few times. 49ers beat them a couple times as well. But how old were you when all that was going down? And what can, what, what can you like remember from that rivalry? Yeah, so that rivalry... <clears throat> for me was very intense because uh, I, I also grew up in the Bay Area. Um, so I'm 37 years old. So when I was growing up, this rivalry was, was, was very fresh, uh, you know, uh, through the early and the mid nineties. Uh, and I can remember being a kid in school and I would get into so many fights over this rivalry alone, um, especially, you know, when we would win, we, you know, when we won in back-to-back -back NFC, uh championship games it was brutal for me as a kid you know um but it's very rich for me because i was i was born into a cowboys fan family and uh so i would i would hear a lot of things from you know the danny white days to the dwight clark catch you know which is one of the most infamous um and, and memorable plays in nfl history right so these things were all really fresh for me and i just feel blessed that I got to grow up in the '90s and be able to experience these things, um, because I mean, even the even the players will tell you, uh, you know, from both sides that um, whenever these two teams met in the NFC Championship game, they were pretty much confident that whoever won that game was going to be the Super Bowl champion that year, and that's that's generally what happened. Right, and there was kind of a swing between the '94 season and the '95 season. '94, 49ers had got Deion Sanders. They went on, they won the Super Bowl. Deion Sanders leaves the 49ers, goes to the Dallas Cowboys. They win the Super Bowl, and that was the last time either one of these teams won a Super Bowl. Now, obviously, 49ers have been in the Super Bowl a couple times since then, but not pretty, not really the level of success that I'm pretty sure most teams and fan bases would have liked to see since then. Which was, I mean, what was that? 20 plus years ago. 20, 27 years is the last time either one of us has won a, you know, uh, a Super Bowl, you know, and before the Deion Sanders thing too, a lot of people forget, especially if you're younger, uh, the, the player that really swung that was a Charles Haley? 49er and Charles Haley. Yeah. And when he, <laughs> and, when, and when he came to Dallas, that, that put us over the top. Um, and then it took San Francisco to go out and pick up Ken Norton from us and uh, yeah. in, in free agency when free agency really first started kicking off in the NFL and they went out and signed Deion Sanders and Jerry Jones said, no, we're not having any of that. We're going to drop a bag and we're going to, we're going to pay Deion Sanders and bring him here. So, and then, and then that swung it in our momentum at that point, you know? So um, yeah, it's, it, it's a deep rivalry. Um, and, and it means a lot, uh, especially for a little bit of the older generation. No, which which is kind of weird to say about that about myself. I know I'm like saying that's kind of sad. I'm feeling <laughs> a little old thinking about those matchups. You know, let's talk about kind of what's going on right now. The Dallas Cowboys, yeah. they are coming off of three straight victories over the 49ers. Now I know 49er fans are kind of revisit those games and look at the quarterbacks who started those games. I believe it was Blaine Gabbert, mm -hmm. 
CJ Beathard, and Nick Mullins. I think yeah. we are a little better at the quarterback position right now. And even then, in the last matchup, you know, Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott. They had Andy Dalton playing in sure. that game. And it was kind of a somewhat of a shootout <laughs> between the two teams and those quarterbacks. Both teams are much healthier right now. So we can kind of wipe out the last three meetings between the two teams. But let's get into sure. the Dallas Cowboys and kind of – what makes them click? And I know as a 49er fan, the things that worries me the most and probably other San Francisco 49er fans right now is the Cowboys offense. They're coming in. They have the highest scoring offense in the league. I have been listening in on some of the, the Twitter spaces, and they've talked a little bit about how the coordinator, Kellen Moore, he's kind of been up and down a little bit with his play calling. So there's been kind of these kind of low moments, and then they have these high moments. Who are the Dallas Cowboys offensively, and what can 49er fans just from a broad area? And again, we'll get into the specifics of you know the guys at different positions, but what can we expect? Yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at this point. This is a question that uh, Cowboys fans uh, have been asking themselves pretty much all year, maybe not all year, but you know, since since we had the buy, we started off, um, you know, the first six seven weeks of. Uh, uh, of the NFL season um, being at the top of the league as we are now. Um, but <clears throat> everything felt a lot more consistent. Everything felt a lot easier to get in terms of yards and being able to pretty much impose our will on whoever we wanted to, whether it be through the air or on the ground. Um, Dak Prescott ended up suffering uh, a string calf injury in, in in the final throw in the New England game. Um, and ever since then, we've just been kind of up and down. Um, but when you when you kind of dive a little bit deeper into, into the numbers, you know, what's going to stick out at you are going to be games like the Denver game or more recently the Arizona Cardinal game, um, maybe even the Kansas City game where we, where we had 12 possessions and, you know, could only muster three field goals. But – the reality of the situation is that against the NFC East, we were averaging 40 points a game. Against the rest of the league, we were averaging 26 and a half points per game. So, and that kind of goes to what my guy Javier Vega is saying right here. Point differential between you guys and the NFC East opponents is plus 22, as opposed to right. everyone else, plus 3.6. And that's that's a drastic drop-off in the level of kind of the dominance that you've had over the NFC East teams as opposed to everyone else. Is that something Absolutely. that you clearly see while watching the, the games? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that's just going to be because that's the nature of playing interdivisional games. You know your opponents very, very well. Um, and it's no secret if you've followed football, played football at any level and, and followed the NFL, you know, number one, your goal is to win your division. Yep. And then you're supposed to win playoff games and then win a Super Bowl, right? So we're very, very well built to be able to beat teams in our division. It just so happens that they're not very good either. But <laughs> when you when you look at 26 and a half points per game against the rest of the league, that's that's good enough to win a lot of football games. 26 right. and a half points per game is a lot. So when you're listening to these mainstream uh, talking heads in, in sports media um, talk about us being in a slump. 
they're comparing that to 40 points per game. They're comparing that to games where everything just seems to go right. Every team in the NFL, including the teams that are in the playoffs, have had stretches where they looked bad. Green Bay has looked bad. Tampa Bay was shut out by New Orleans. Uh, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville, right? So these are these are not um, things that are exclusive to, to the Dallas Cowboys in terms of struggling. Um, matchups will will dictate a lot of different things. Um, personnel and scheme from one team to the other, one team to the other will 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 dictate a lot of things. Uh, the biggest issue is for me personally is uh, Kellen Moore's tendency to become stubborn and want to just do what he thinks is going to work pregame and not make the correct adjustments mid-game. That's going to be a concern that I'm I'm looking to see. Um, are we going to continue to be a front-running team and get a 10, 14-point lead um, and continue to keep our foot on the gas? Because historically this season, the Dallas Cowboys do not do what the Rams did against you guys, and they do not get passive. They're very front-running, um, and they will run up the score. The Rams kind of took their foot off the gas and played a little bit not to lose in that game. Um, we won't do that. So it's going to be interesting to see if we're going to jump ahead and get a little bit of a lead and and force the game to be in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, or if we're going to get stifled a little bit and Kellen Moore is going to become stubborn and we're going to struggle to put points on the board. There is one thing I slightly disagree with you on, and it's the fact that the Rams took their foot off the gas. You know, when they were up 17-0, the 49ers had the ball before halftime. They scored three points. And fortunately for the 49ers, they got the ball after halftime and they drove down and punched them in the mouth and scored a touchdown. And then from there, it was a ball game again. You know, so kind of a, a opportunistic situation for the 49ers that they were able to kind of take advantage of. You know, I do want to ask you about, you know, just the offense and some of the weapons that you guys have and some of the issues that they can pose for the 49ers and their defense. At quarterback right now, you have Dak Prescott. How has his season kind of been? Because you talked about having the calf injury early in the year. As of late, I've seen some games where, I mean, he's lighting it up. Uh, I believe I saw him throw like four touchdowns in, in the first half uh, multiple times over the last few weeks. There's also Maybe. games, like you talked about, having some low moments against the Kansas City Chiefs where I'm like, wow, the, the, the Cowboys are struggling to score against Kansas City. So that was the one game. The Broncos, he ended up scoring a lot of points late, making it look a little better than it initially was early on right. when I was watching the game. Same with the uh, the Cardinals game where the Cardinals, Cardinals jumped out to a big lead and then the Cowboys were able to kind of make it look better down the stretch a little bit. But how has he played kind of consistently as far as what you know you can expect from him on a game-to-game -game basis? Yeah. Um, it's a little it's a little difficult to try and say, um, mainly because we went through a stretch in the, in the beginning of the season where we were running the football at a very high clip and we were just doing it whenever we wanted to. And then some, something happened where we just couldn't run the football effectively anymore. Um, so that's going to dictate a lot of what any quarterback is going to be able to do, save for maybe just a couple of guys in the league. But um, if you're asking me my confidence level in Dak Prescott, it's very high. It's, it, it's an eight or a nine. I mean, he's had three playoff games um you know in his career and he's played great in all of them you know he's had a he's had an average qbr of 77 which is which if that's good 
yeah, I mean, if you want to look at the rest of the quarterback's performance in QBR over this season, that would have been number one in the NFL this year. Now, I know that's only three games, but I'm just saying it's a high number. Um, yeah. because that's Especially in the biggest it. game, in one of those games, he was a rookie. Correct, yeah, yeah. I mean, we fell, we fell behind against Green Bay in that game. Um, you know, and, and, and as a rookie, he stormed back. So he's very composed. Um, and, and even if we manage to fall behind in this game, I'm very confident in him being able to will us back into a game because he's shown he can do it a lot over the course of his career. So, um, I think, I think Kellen Moore is going to have a pretty good game plan, um, coming into this game. He's going to know where to attack and, uh, I think I think this is probably going to end up being a Dak Prescott game. Uh, I don't see us being able to run the football incredibly effectively um, because we haven't been able to do it over the last eight or nine weeks or so. Um, Tony Pollard coming back is going to be huge for us, and he does give us big playability. Um, and you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys probably just run enough to keep the defense honest and and you know put the game in Dak Prescott's hands. So I like it. So. What can we expect from the run game, right? You talked about how at times that can be a little stagnant, and now everything all of a sudden is on Dak Prescott's shoulders. You have a 49ers team who the second half of the season, they've been shutting down the run game. I mean, they, they've been as good as anybody. I think they're actually right. like a top six or seven defense in the NFL when it comes to rushing, and they gave up multiple 100-yard rushers in the first seven games. Since then, they've been really stout. And you watch the Rams game, which I don't think that they have this terrific run game. They're still trying to figure it out, but they shut that down. They really kind of shut it down with most teams that they played against in recent weeks. The Cowboys, I mean, they have Ezekiel Elliott, and 49ers know all about him. He destroyed the 49ers one year. It was the year C.J. Beathard <laughs> was starting that quarterback, but he had like a 200-plus yard you know, game between his rushing and receiving numbers. Right. What's going on with Zeke? What's going on with Pollard? What can we expect between the dynamic of these two guys who, in theory, they, they seem like one of the best backfields in the league, but maybe haven't been as dynamic consistently throughout this season? Talk to me a little bit about the run game. Yeah, so a big part of that is the fact that up until the Arizona game, our projected starting five uh, for our offensive line hadn't played a single game together as a unit. We've seen a lot of turnover on the offensive line this year, um, whether it be from Ty Smith, you know, still battling injuries, um, Zach Martin catching COVID, Lyle Collins being suspended. Um, so there's there's been a lot of rotation, and you know as well as I do, uh, there's no other unit and maybe all of professional sports that needs to be collectively all on the same page in order for things to work smoothly than an NFL offensive line. And we just haven't had a lot of continuity there. So I think what you see a lot in 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 the offense or in in the running game struggling a little bit is not a lot of continuity on the offensive line. Um, and guys have been battling injury. Uh, I actually was in a was in a Twitter talk space last night, and Ezekiel Elliott's mom was in there, and she confirmed he's still not one hundred percent healthy. He's been dealing yeah. with a knee injury for about seven weeks, so. Um, you know, that's going to play a lot into it also. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if maybe you see Corey Clement getting some touches because he's – almost every time he's he's got his hands on the football, he's made a positive play over the last few weeks. 
when we've been able to get him some touches. So um, it's going to be a struggle. The 49ers have been playing really good football against the run lately. I mean, the 49ers have been playing really good football in general lately. But, uh, you know, I just don't see us being able to run the football effectively unless Zeke is healthier than we're being led on to believe. And, you know, Tony Pollard's able to add some explosiveness. Now, if the Cowboys aren't able to run the ball as effectively as they would ideally like to, you have these terrific weapons on the outside. Now, you're down Gallup, mm -hmm. and he was had been kind of the outside receiver, yeah. and now it seems like CeeDee Lamb, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, he's played more primarily on the outside while Cooper is on the other outside, and you have Wilson, who has come mm -hmm. on as of late to finish the season strong from more of a slot. Is that what we can kind of expect to see those three guys out there? And are you guys more of an 11 personnel type team or are you guys going to go with the two tight ends with uh, Jarwin and Schwartz? Uh, yeah. So we're, you're not going to see a, a lot of two tight end sets, especially, I mean, number one, that's not a lot of what we run. Anyway, we run more 11 personnel than a lot of heavy two tight end sets. Um, but Blake Jarwin is also coming back from injury. So we're not going to see him out there a whole lot. He got some reps against, uh, against Philly, but we're still in the warmer process with him. Dalton Schultz is, has come on and been a godsend for us. Honestly, he's been one of the most reliable tight ends in the NFL. Um, and he's definitely turned into that Jason Witten for Tony Romo style security blanket for deck. Um, he just always seems to get open now he does not run block very well at all um you could probably put you or I, you and i out there and we would probably be graded on pff as a run blocker <laughs> just about as well as he is but but in the passing game um you know he just always seems to get open now what's interesting about cedric wilson is that he's been doing this all year uh a lot of people forget michael gallup went out in tampa bay in week one and and he stepped in and had some really big games, um, you know, like a, a against Minnesota, where he, besides Amari Cooper's late game heroics in that game, uh, Cedric Wilson was our guy in that game. So, uh, you know, somebody who has over 50 catches and 600 yards uh, in, in limited time. Um, and this offense has been, you know, clicking a lot more and more prolific when, when Cedric Wilson has been in the game as opposed to Michael Gallup. And I love Michael Gallup. So it's interesting because I don't think we're a better football team without Michael Gallup, but I think our offense clicks better when, when, when Cedric Wilson is in the game. If you look at the games that we've struggled, it's almost exclusively been when Michael Gallup's been playing and the games where our offense has seemed to get it together it's when Cedric Wilson has been in there. He's more of a slot guy, so you're going to see him coming out of the slot um, a lot. But Amari Cooper uh, can can run the slot just as well as he can, you know, um, stretch the field on the outside. And 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 C.D. Lamb makes majority of his catches when he's in the slot when he's going over the middle. So you're going to see a lot of different rotating uh, guys, um, at different positions. And that's a little bit of what makes us so dangerous. We've got, we've got a lot of weapons that can get open from whether it's the X, the Y or the Z. The, the Denver Broncos game, there's this game and everybody has kind of these low moments, but I want to kind of dig behind the numbers and ask you what happened in this game. But, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the Cowboys lost 30 to 16 and a couple of those scores <laughs> were late in the game. CeeDee sure. Lamb, 
He was held to two receptions for 23 yards on nine targets. What did the Denver Broncos do to try to take away CeeDee Lamb or at least limit his production to that extent on that many targets? Yeah, so that's been a game that I've gone over personally kind of a lot. Um, I've watched a lot of the All-22 on that game and tried to dissect and diagnose a little bit of what happened in that game. Um, <clears throat> from the X's and O's standpoint, um, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of disguised rush and a lot of a lot of disguised coverages that seemed to have fooled Dak um, a lot in that game, and there wasn't a lot of adjustment from Kellen Moore with that either. Um, coupled with that, there was a lot of drop passes in that game as well, and when you combine when you combine the fact that your quarterback is getting confused by the defenses that are being uh, shown, and then you also combine that with the fact that there's a lot of drop passes, what you get is a 30 to zero game um, at the start of the fourth quarter. Now, <clears throat> if it was me personally, I would have taken Dak Prescott out of that game, but I think, I think a lot of it was frustration um, and that there, there wasn't a lot of continuity in the offense. And I think that they wanted to get, Dak some some rhythm uh, toward the end of the game. Those were obviously garbage time numbers. Those were, you know, uh, but uh, we saw a lot of that in the Arizona game as well, where they were disguising a lot of who they were bringing on the rush, who they were blitzing with, and a lot of the coverages. Um, so that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I That hasn't been a trend that you've seen with Dak Prescott a lot over his career. Um, he's gotten better and better and better at diagnosing defenses um, and was one of the better quarterbacks at doing it this year. But in those, in those two games specifically, uh, the defenses definitely confused him. And it's going to be interesting to see um, if D'Amico Ryan is, is going to implement some of that against us this Sunday. All right, once again, y'all, I got my guy Chris Vinick on here talking all things Dallas Cowboys he knows everything there is to know about his team. You know, before we get to the defensive side of the ball, I, I just want to ask you, you know, let's say just hypothetically speaking, what, what if the Cowboys lose this game and it's on the offense, what did the 49ers do defensively to contribute to that? Yeah, um, I think a lot of that's going to be determined on if you guys can get a consistent pass rush with just four. Um, and if you're going to be able to confuse Dak Prescott on the back end in your secondary, um, if those two things don't happen at a consistent high basis this game, I think I think it's going to be problematic for the 49ers. Um, there's there's too many weapons on, on on this Dallas Cowboys offense for for the 49ers to sit back and not get pressure on Dak because he will pick defenses apart if he's allowed time. Um, so those are going to be the two things that I'm concerned about as a Cowboys fan watching this game. Is our offensive line going to be able to create enough time for Dak when the 49ers are sending just four? And are the 49ers going to be able to confuse Dak Prescott by disguising their coverages? 
Now, heading over to the, you know, defensive side, and I think, you know, when I think about it, I think most 49er fans are so worried about the Cowboys' offense and the weapons. To me, it's the defense because they've been so opportunistic this season. They've taken the ball away at a high rate. Last time I checked, they had the most takeaways in the NFL, and they just, they give the offense. We talk about the points that Dallas Cowboys are able to put up and, you know, highest scoring offense in the league. Well, how much of that goes to the defense who's taking the ball away? You have pick sixes. Uh, from Trevon Diggs. He has multiple uh, pick sixes. You have Anthony Brown. I remember watching a game from him. He had a pick six. I've seen we defense linemen. from our defensive line, yeah. Yeah, defensive linemen getting pick six, running to the end zone, forced fumbles. They turn. They take the ball away at a very high rate. So I want to ask you, who's the leader of that? Or is it just a collective group from uh, – collective effort from everyone? Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to look at Trevon Diggs as being the leader of our takeaway group simply because he, you know, he had 11 interceptions, but um, honestly, the leader on this, on, on this defense it, it has been, and is still Tank Lawrence. Uh, he brings, he brings such an energy and a calm to this defensive line. Um, things really ramped up for us when he came back from injury. Now, Micah Parsons is a freak and he can do whatever he wants, wherever he wants on the field. He's taken snaps at defensive end, um, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, corner. Um, so, I mean, he's 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 he can be anywhere that you need him to be. But when you're when you're talking about what what this secondary uh, feeds on the most, which is takeaways, you have to look at our pass rush first, and that's going to be Tank Lawrence. That's going to be Randy Gregory, that's going to be Micah Parsons, um, you know, shooting a gap blitzes or coming off the edge when we move Tank Lawrence inside to play D tackle. So um, we're we're a very fast and we're a very physical physical defense, especially up front. Um, so the the turnovers are key. A lot of those aren't forced turnovers. A lot of those are uh pressure pressure turnovers where we're we're forcing quarterbacks into bad throws or uh our secondary is playing coverages where it looks like a guy is open and they're not and that's that's what a dan quinn defense has been predicated on uh for his entire career since he became a household name um so we don't run a lot of cover three that seattle scheme very much anymore but a lot of what we do is built on that foundation with some tweaks there so um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and if, if we are able to contain, maybe slow down this rushing attack and put the 49ers into some, uh, you know, third and long situations, we know Jimmy Garoppolo has a tendency to throw the ball to the other team frequently. So, um, that's, that's, that's something that I'm looking for the defense to capitalize on is some, is some, uh, you know, turnovers from your quarterback. Right, right, right. And I think y'all quarterback, how many interceptions did Prescott throw this year? He had 10. Okay, and that's not bad in, in comparison to how many attempts. I'm pretty sure, even though he missed some games, he had far more attempts than Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he played 16 games this year. He played 16 games this year. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, his attempts were a lot higher than Jimmy's. And, um, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was one of two quarterbacks this year, him and Aaron Rodgers, to throw for, uh, you know, more than – 
I, I think it was more than 35 touchdowns and 10 or less interceptions. So yeah. um, he he doesn't he doesn't typically turn the ball over very much. Um, where where he can get got is when he's trying to create some extra space in the pass rush and he steps up in the pocket and tries to take off. He's a little he's a little loose with the football in his hands. Um, and uh, if the pursuit can catch up to him, uh, he can he can fumble the ball more than I would like. So. All right, so we're talking about the defense, and I know you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo, but 49ers, they have a plethora of weapons themselves. They kind of go about it a different way. It's not like a high volume of targets. Typically to one guy or another, it's, it's usually like one guy gets off, and then you know, you'll have some other guys kind of contributing. Last game against the Rams, 49ers had three receivers that all almost had 100 yards. One did go over 100, uh, which was Brandon Ayuk. I know Debo Samuel gets all the love. Then he, I mean, for, for my money, he's one of the best offensive players in the NFL right now, Debo Samuel. No question. But, but, but no there's question. also Brandon Ayuk. He gets busy. You know, you saw the, the young guy, Jawan Jennings. He almost had 100 yards last game. He's starting to fill in and get comfortable as that wide receiver three. There's also George Kittle. So I want to ask you, when you look at the, the defense, of the Dallas Cowboys, and you look at the weapons that the 49ers have offensively, what area of weakness would the 49ers be able to take advantage of? Or, you know, at least there'd be a possibility. One thing that you're kind of worried about when it comes to the defense, you're like, you know what? I'm not so sure I like that type of matchup against this defense or that type of player against this defense. Sure, yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is going to be how are we going to measure up with you guys against the run? Um <clears throat> We got, we've got some beefy guys that can get after the quarterback on the interior of the defensive line and Neville Gallimore and Osa Digazua. Um, but they haven't been that great against the run. And this has been a trend with this Dallas Cowboy team that I've seen over the last, I want to say, three to four years is we don't like the big fatties in the middle where we can really just clog up holes. Um, we want to play fast. And while we will be able to generate a lot of pressure in the backfield, um, I don't know, and what gives me some pause is if we start getting gashed for four, five, nine, six yards a carry, um, that's going to that's gonna slow down a pass rush significantly, and that's going to open up a lot of things like play action and things of that nature. One guy I would keep your eye on um, on this Dallas defense, and he's gone a little bit under the radar, is, um, is safety J. Ron Curse. He's quietly had a really, really, really good season. Um, he's a he's a lengthy, deceptively fast, and really physical safety. And I don't think he's deceptive. I think he is. What was he's from Clemson, right? Yeah, yeah. Was but, he the kid? Was it Curse coming out, or was it Green that ran like four three? Um, I don't think it was Curse. Uh, okay, maybe it was Green. Hold on, but he plays a lot faster. His pad speed is a lot faster than what his forty time was. When you see him on the practice field, you're just like, man, you kind of look like you're in mud, bro. But <laughs> but when he's in the game, he's fast and he's really instinctive. Um, and uh, but he plays really physical too. Um, even Devontae KZ, our little free safety, like he's laid the wood on some boys this season. And so this this whole narrative that the Cowboys aren't a physical football team, we've ran the ball almost as frequently as the 49ers have this season. And while we might not have done it as efficiently over the last eight, eight weeks, we still run the football and we still, we still play uh, 
stout defense when it matters. We're the number one team in the league on third down, right, on defense. So we're a physical team, and we don't give up a lot of stuff. But J. Ron Curse is the guy I think you're going to want to really keep your eye on. George Kittle could be a problem in this game, especially if they get him in one-on-one matchups with Leighton Vanderesh, because I think that is a guy that you guys could really target and and exploit, especially in coverage. But if J. Ron Curse is matched up on Kittle, I think it'll be a little bit more difficult of a time getting him the ball over the middle. You know, there was a time I remember in preseason where they they showed the video of Michael Parsons, and he's like running this way, running that way. And he was like, like a little confused, right? I'm pretty sure since then, because he's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, just as a rookie, you know, right. he's already like up there. I, I I think he should be an all pro at the linebacker position. You know, one thing that Kyle Shanahan does a lot more than anyone is pre-snap motion. So when you look at your young guy, how much experience has he had against a team that does a lot of different things movement wise? He gives you a lot of different things to think about and, you know, how disciplined will he be if Kyle Shanahan brings out where it's like, okay, a motion guy over here, then he slides over here, then at the snap of the ball, I have a guy going here. And a lot of times they like to get the ball over the middle to a guy right behind where the linebacker just vacated the area. Has he been right. more disciplined as the season has gone on? Or do you think him or even LVE are guys that potentially the 49ers can kind of take advantage of with a lot of the movement things that they do? Yeah, so I don't think you're going to see a lot of Micah Parsons being exposed um, just because he's a freak athlete. Now, there's going to be so much that he can he can soak up and learn as a rookie, um, and that's just game reps. That You know what I mean? That type of stuff just comes with experience. I think what you're going to see a lot of is Dan Quinn simplifying the game for him um, because he's hungry. He's a lion. He's going to want to come out and make a statement and, and try and impose his will on this game. And things like that, Kyle Shanahan is very, very good at exploiting. Um, what's What gives me some pause and gives me some concern is you guys run a lot of pass plays and a lot of run plays that look very similar pre-snap. They, they look almost identical to one another. So it's really hard to kind of diagnose what's going on, especially when you're running in a lot of pre-snap motion. Um, so... I don't expect Micah Parsons to go through this game being, um, you know, not confused. Um, but it's going to be on a lot of the other guys, um, a lot of your other veterans like Tank Lawrence, LVE, these guys to be able to see and try and help diagnose what's going on to make sure that they're in the right positions. Um I spoke to this, you know, not that long ago, but I think I think LVE is the guy that if you can get running backs or George Kittle or even Debo um, in in situations where LVE has to cover a lot, um, that's going to be problematic for the Dallas Cowboys because I think that's definitely something you guys can't exploit. So real quick, before we get to some of the people, and if you have enough time, I want to bring some callers on so they can ask you questions. Also, anybody in the chat, if I don't see your question, you know what to do, man. Send those super chats in. That definitely helps us see that and bring more awareness to the questions that you have. But I just want to ask you, how do you see this game playing out? Do you have a final score prediction? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I hear a lot of the I hear a lot of the experts um, – you know, saying that this is going to be a terrible matchup for the Cowboys. Um, and then you you see things like Vegas, where they only give us a three-point 
where we're only a three-point favorite. And everybody knows you get three points just for being at home. So it's kind of a coin flip to Vegas. But ESPN FBI, FPI, um, you know, only gives the 49ers a, I think it was a 39% chance to win this game. So I lean a little bit more to ESPN FBI than I do the experts. And I think a lot of that is them, you know, just trying to drum up headlines and create create a narrative and talking points and things to talk about because everybody would love it, um, you know, if the Cowboys collapse in the playoffs again. I personally see this game being close-ish until maybe the fourth quarter, uh, and then I can see Dallas pulling this game out uh, 31-23. to Okay, okay, and I still think that's pretty close. That's a one-score game, and a lot of times when it comes down to one-score game, especially when you have Jimmy Garoppolo – for everything that he's not, and he'll have his weird moments, he'll have his interceptions that he throws. When it's time to put a drive together to put the 49ers back in position to either tie the game up or win, mm-hmm. he typically doesn't miss. And unfortunately for the Rams, they gave him two opportunities. He ain't missing twice. So that's one thing that I know. Yeah. Like th- this, this game is is gonna be close. Is I believe is gonna come down to the wire. I am bringing on some uh, listeners now, and you guys, you know, come on. Anything that you guys want to know about the Dallas Cowboys, or if you just want to tell Chris, hey, Chris, you're a hell of wrong. This is how it's going to go down. <laughs> Let them know. Also, you know, be respectful. And I have a pretty respectful crowd. Like my my listeners that typically are in here, they're awesome. They're awesome. Very knowledgeable people of football. So um, first up, man, I got my guy Keith coming on. Keith, good morning. How you doing, bro? Hey, good morning. What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, don't you? Where I'm at, I'm on the East Coast near Atlanta. So, yeah, it's, it's it's almost two two my time too. I'm Central Time, so but I'm I'm you know oh, okay. I tend to the I tend to the the, the Bay Area crowd, California. Oh, yeah. Still a little oh, yeah, bit yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so my question for you uh, is: Which team do you think is more battle tested or has big game experience? That's for you, Chris. That's for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, it's interesting because I don't look at it as just, just the, you know, the 53 guys on the roster. I have to look at it from a coaching perspective as well, too, because these are the guys that are going to get the players prepared all week long, get ready for their matchups, excuse me, their game plans. I think from a roster perspective, the 49ers definitely have the edge in terms of how to win in the postseason. Um, but, uh, you know, we have we have two Super Bowl winning coaches um, in in Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, and uh, they they know what it takes also. So I think it's interesting. I, I the, the players may be a little bit more prepared for San Francisco, um, but all things all things considered, I think I think it's kind of a wash, honestly, just because of the coaching staff. How how we have uh, guys on our uh, on our coaching staff who are big decision makers. Um, who know what it takes to win the Super Bowl and win in the postseason? Real, real quick, Chris, I, I, I have a, I have a oh, hold on one second, Keith. I, oh. I got a question I want to ask to kind of add on to that. But you know, this year the Dallas Cowboys, I, I saw someone say outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, they only have one win against a either a team with a winning record or a playoff team. Do you think against a playoff like, team? Okay, so do you think, uh, like you know, outside of that, there's anything from this year that has given the Cowboys the confidence that? hey, we can go toe-to-toe with a team that's really good and punch them in the mouth and still come out victorious. I know the game that was really close, I mean, week one, 
That was a yeah. shootout. That game came down to the wire. There were big stops going both ways. Uh, and is that kind of maybe the, the closest thing y'all have had to kind of a playoff atmosphere type of game? I mean, in terms of a playoff atmosphere type game, I would say, yeah. And that game came down to a last second field goal and Tom Brady needed to do typical Tom Brady things to do it. Right. And that was also Dak Prescott coming off of what could have been a career ending injury. And he didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, he didn't take a single snap and, um, you know, in preseason. So there was a lot to build on for that game for us. Um, we've also had some really close games, um, you know, this year that unfortunately didn't go our way, but, I know there's yeah, I won that the New 49ers. England game overtime. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the New England game's a big one too. Um, and I know this is a 49ers, uh, you know, uh, talk show. So there's going to be a lot of Raider haters in here too. But that Raider <laughs> game, that Raider game came down to overtime, and they're a playoff team as well. Um, and and it took it took a pass interference call by Lord have mercy, Anthony Brown needs to get that figured out. But it took a pass interference call for us to end up losing that game when we were down by double-digit scores late in the game, and we still managed to come back. So this team knows that they're built to to, to be able to contend with um, good teams. It's just we haven't been able to finish um, against those good teams um, in one-score games towards the end of the game. So Nobody has more PI experience than the 49ers. So I'm not going to listen to Cowboys complain about P.I. Uh, um, going back to my question, I, you know, you went into the coaching aspect, but I'm more so talking about the core group of players because, you know, coaches, mm -hmm. are, they're on the sideline at the end of the day. Yeah, they yep. do the strategy and all that. But um, I more so wanted to get into the player aspect of it. When I said being battle tested or having big game experience, do you think sure. that that could be a difference in the game as we saw last week with San Fran able to get down 17 points and climb back in the game. Do you yeah. think if that happened to Dallas that it would be same or that's kind of what I'm getting at, I guess. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I mean, so if you're asking if, if the Cowboys think that they can come back from a deficit similarly to how the San Francisco 49ers can, I think absolutely, because our quarterback's still the same from 2016 when he had to come back from, you know, uh, 20 points down against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and he tied the game up, right? So, mm -hmm. yes, he, it, 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 am I confident that they can do that? Absolutely. In terms of which units are more uh, prepared for, for, for a postseason game, it's, it's going to be San Francisco. They've been there. They've, they've, they've won games. Um, where they didn't need to throw the ball. They won games where they needed to run the football a lot. They've won really close games with their defense. My question is if the game is has to be put into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, is he going to be able to do that? Um, I would put more confidence in Dak than I would Jimmy if it came to that. But we saw yeah. Jimmy do it last week, which, and we also saw Jimmy throw two picks. So you get good Jimmy and bad Jimmy – Last week was a microcosm of what the whole Jimmy Garoppolo experience. You go mm -hmm. on a roller coaster, and that's just what mm -hmm. it is. Uh, Dak is much more steady. Um, I think our whole game plan is to not get the ball to have to be a quarterback game. One hundred. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's going to have to be the the game plan coming into this game for San Francisco. You guys know you can run the football, and you can run the football at a very high clip. 
Um, and you're and you're very persistent with that. You guys got down 17 points and were running the football like you were up 17 points. So you're not going to go away from that. And Dallas is going to have to deal with that for four quarters. Uh, I would just I would just remind you, if if it gets to a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw the ball a lot in order to win the football game, um, you know, especially if he's if he's turning the ball over. I know he threw I know he threw two interceptions against the Rams, and you guys still managed to win that game. But prior going into that game, uh, the 49ers were zero and three this season when he had multiple turnovers, and I believe they were like two and six in games when he has one one interception. So two and six, and then six and zero when he has zero. Right, right. So you know, <laughs> a lot of this game, a lot of this game, I feel like is going to boil down to how clean Jimmy Garoppolo can play. You guys might not have to. It could be a situation where you run all over us the way you guys did at Green Bay, uh, right. or did the Green Bay in 2019, and he only has to throw the ball eight times. But if he has to, that's where my concern would be if I'm a 49er fan. I got one more question for you. I'm gonna get off. Uh, I want to know your opinion of what's going to happen in this trenches because I really believe that's where the game is going to be won and lost. And then, um, right. I'm just going to listen to your thoughts, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, brother. All right, Keith. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the trenches, it, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be very, very important. Um, we have we have some dogs on, on the defense. Um, and for the 49ers, my question is, how healthy is Trent Williams going to be? I know he took his decision to play against the Rams right up to game time, and he just couldn't go. And Kyle Shanahan said that, you know, he he didn't feel – Trent Williams didn't feel like he could protect himself, let alone a quarterback. Um, and recently um, that that elbow is still giving him a lot of problems, um, and he's in a lot of pain with it. He's still not practicing, I believe. I don't know what's happened today. This is off of what I've heard yesterday. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see if Trent Williams goes. If he does go, how healthy is he going to be? How 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 problematic is that um, elbow, that sprained elbow going to be for him? And on the other side is um, uh, what is his name? Tom, your right tackle, Tom Compton. Compton, thank you. Um, I know he's been I know he's been more than serviceable for you guys. PFF has him rated like like the fourth right tackle in the league or something like that. Um, but he's going to see a lot of Demarcus Lawrence, and he's going to see a lot of Micah Parsons coming off the right side and the A-gaps, right? Um, Micah Parsons has been killing Pro Bowl guards and tackles all year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they hold up there. On the flip side, um, Tyron Smith has been pretty inconsistent, and if you want my honest opinion, I think he made the Pro Bowl again this year just based off of his name and the fact that he's going to be a future Hall, uh, Hall of Famer. But, um, you know, he's been penalized kind of a lot this year, and he's gotten beat sometimes, too. He has not looked like traditional Tyron Smith, where, coincidentally, it, 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 you know, it was him and Trent Williams going back and forth for who is the best left tackle in the NFL, right? So I think that's a pretty easy argument to make for Trent Williams now. But So that's going to be interesting. And Lyle Collins has been up and down as well. Uh, so... If the 49ers can do what they've continued to do all year uh, for the most part and generate good pressure for four quarters by sending just four guys, I think it's going to be an issue for the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, And that's yeah, something that's that picked that up over question. the last 
that's something that has picked up over the last half of the season. They weren't right. generating a ton of pressure the first half of the season, and then all of a sudden they really started to kind of get clicking from that standpoint. I do want right. to push back on one point. I mean, my next caller on here, he might have some pushback okay. on me with my perspective about this. But Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the interesting thing about him is most people say, oh, you, you don't want him to have to throw the ball to win. His turnovers typically come – when he doesn't really have to throw the ball, like in scenarios where, hey, we could just run the ball and win the game that way. He actually, and everybody in this chat can correct me if I'm wrong, when Jimmy has to throw the ball, he's actually at his best, I, I think. Like if you kind of look at it throughout his time with the 49ers and a lot of those times down the stretch, when it's like, hey, Jimmy, we need, to, I mean, outside, I mean, you could look at certain games like, I don't sure. know, the, the Super Bowl where it's like, okay, there were a couple you passes. You can cherry pick any down. game for any player. Yeah. But just just in general, what we've seen from him, especially down the stretch in these close games, he's his best throwing when he has to throw it. I, I would actually look at when his interceptions occur, and I think a lot of them are at times where, yeah, maybe we, we need a score, but it's like a close game, you know, sure. where we still can run the ball or throw the ball or whatever where it's not out of hand. So I don't know. that that That's going to be those situations. Look, look yeah. Into. Yeah, so those situations aren't the ones I'm talking about. The ones I'm talking about is where, um, and and I know you disagreed with this uh, a, a little bit earlier, but there was a big breakdown of it when I was watching Skywalker Steel on Cowboys, uh, uh, you know, the Cowboys channel for for YouTube. My nigga's name, my and, nigga's name is Skywalker. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, that's his, that's his YouTube name. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. So so there was a really long breakdown, and him him and Botch Lombardi both did it. Shout, shout out to both of them um, about how the Rams really did take their foot off of the gas a little bit in that game. I think a lot of it was the fact that the crowd noise in the game was was nuts. The momentum looked like it was shifting, and McVay got rattled. He got rattled, and uh Stafford was not sharp towards the end of the game I think I read something that they had like 66 total yards of offense or something like that in 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 uh in this in the second half or the or the or the fourth quarter or something like that it was just they they were playing to not lose the game when they had the lead and uh the Cowboys do not do that this, this entire season whenever we've got a lead we've ran the score up so when I was speaking to Jimmy having to throw the football, I wasn't speaking to him being maybe one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL within the final, you know, two to four minutes of a, of a one-score game. I'm talking about if, if the Cowboys are able to slow down that San Francisco uh, running attack, and if we're more physical than everybody's claiming that we're not, to, you know, that, that we're not actually, um, and we get up to – maybe three scores and you guys have to throw the ball a lot. I do not trust Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation. And I think most 49er fans don't, you know, you've known my position on Jimmy Garoppolo for a while. Right. You and I well, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. We, I mean, we over talked about a year, yeah. you know, before you started feeling it too. So um, yeah, I just don't trust him. If he's the one that you're relying on to bring you back from a two or three score deficit. Right here we go. So I am gonna get Dion on, but first let me get to Darius because Darius has unique scenario. So I want to make sure I get him in before he has to check out or anything. So Darius, man, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. How y'all feeling, man? Doing good, good man. Doing good. Bro. 
Thanks for it's a little delay with going on with us. Uh, for sure, man. You see, I got my I got my boys in the back. I got Jimmy. I got Lance with me. You know what I'm saying? We here. We getting it done. But uh, listen. So I read a stat that the Cowboys suffer when teams run it to the right, which would be the left side of the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I wanna I wanna know like is it because is Micah is he not that good of a, a um like a tackler uh, like open field wise or is he more of like a dominant person when it comes to just just rushing the passer? Yeah, so it's it it's no secret that Micah Parsons is definitely uh, an elite level pass rusher in this in, in this league. And so when you're when you're elite at one thing people are going to look at what you what you don't do as well. He's not as good against the run, um, <clears throat> or he hasn't been this year. Um, but we don't ask him to, to do that a lot. So when you, see, when you see stats like we're worse to the right side than we are the left side, you have to look at a lot of things like what kind of coverages are we running um, at that time. What what you're going to see a lot of the time is we're not great against the run on the outside with our corners. Trayvon Diggs does not really like to get really, really physical. In fact, the only corner that we have that I would say really likes to put a helmet on a helmet is our smallest corner, the slot guy, and that's Jordan Lewis. So when teams are running to the right side a lot, they're they're putting they're putting two hats on Demarcus Lawrence, and that's because he's our best tackling defensive lineman um, in terms of playing the run. So Demarcus Lawrence is getting doubled a lot, and there's there's a lot of guards being pulled or tackles being pulled, and they're crashing into linebackers and safeties. And our corners don't like to tackle very well against against the run. So that's what you're. I think I think I answered your question there. So, all right, oh, go ahead. All right, so with that, I got one more question. One more question. So, because I'm, I'm kind of stuck on the defense, but I know y'all got offense as well. So I'm gonna ask this. I'm gonna ask this. As far as Dak Prescott, continuous pressure, right? And I know you guys rely on. You guys are gonna rely on Jimmy. You know, being back there, scrambled and throwing picks and all that. But Dak. He'll throw a few picks too if you let him. So under pressure, I'm not consistent. You guys have a nice, but more likely than not, I'll get back there a few times, pushing down. How do you see him? Darius, my bad. I, I had to remove you because it was it was cutting in and out. It was getting. I think I got the gist. I think I got the gist of what he was asking. He was like, "How do All I right. feel, Dak Pressure or uh, Dak Prescott's going to do?" when he's pressured because he has had a tendency when he's under a lot of pressure to overthrow the football and turn the ball over. And I think that's what Darius was asking. If not, let us know in the chat. I'll be more than happy to clear up that question, but I'll answer that to the best of my ability. I said it this entire chat. I've said it this entire week. That's a concern for me. If the 49ers can generate pressure with sending just four, it's going to be a problem for the Dallas Cowboys. And they've been able to do that pretty consistently over the last five to seven weeks, I would say. So 
if you're able to generate pressure with just four, what that does is allows you to play a lot of um, masked coverages in the back. It allows you to bring a safety up um, right before the snap and then swap them out uh, post-snap. Post so it'll confuse people. You guys confused Aaron Rodgers with that earlier this year, and it forced him to have to go away from Devontae Adams. So generating a lot of pressure with four allows you to get really creative on the back end um, with uh, faking a lot of blitz pressures, um, bringing more blitz pressures if you want to. But if you have to bring guys, if you have to bring extra guys to generate pressure, Dak Prescott's been the number one quarterback against the blitz this year. And that's just a statistical fact. That isn't me being a homer. It's just a fact. He's thrown more touchdown passes against the blitz than any other quarterback this league in this league by, I think it was like five or six. Um, and of his 37 total touchdowns, 21 of them have come against the blitz. So if you can't bring pressure with just four and you have to bring extra guys, the Cowboys will start picking that 49er secondary yeah. apart. All right. And typically 49ers, they, they rush for, I think, a higher percentage of time more than anyone. Right. Their blitz percentage or their blitz rate or whatever, it's it's typically re really low. All right. I want to yeah, get my guy absolutely. Dion on here. Dion, man, how you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing today, man? Doing good, man. Chilling. Good, good, good. So um, my one of the questions that I have for you is uh, basically – how you, how you feeling about the, this young kid, Wilson, man? He's come on real strong for you guys uh, here in the past couple of weeks, man. I, I want to know how you feel about him. And, and where where did he come from, man? Because he he just, like, kind of came out of nowhere. After Gallup went down, this dude just took on the took on the role and started shining from day one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Cedric Wilson, it's funny that you bring him up because uh, for people that religiously follow the Dallas Cowboys, um, he, he's been our pet cat for years now. Um, he comes from Boise, uh, same place as Kellen Moore, same place as Tank Lawrence, uh, back with the whole Jason Garrett regime that we had. We really loved our Boise guys, whether it was offense or defense. So we we still have a, a, a few holdovers from there. Um, he's a traditional slot guy, and he's a little bit of a gadget guy. And Kellen, coming from Boise, loves running gadget plays. Um, so he gets a lot of shine, and he, and, and, and he can throw the football – uh, really well. I think he played quarterback in high school. So, um, but it's funny that you bring it up that when, when Gallup went down, he really came on the scene because uh, the the games, and I spoke to this earlier, the games where we were, we were struggling, it seemed that my, Michael Gallup was, was getting the majority of the reps. And then when he went down, it's like Wilson came in, the offense started clicking a little bit better. It opened up things for Amari Cooper. It opened up things for CeeDee Lamb. While their catches and their yards went down, um, the offense as a whole uh, was a lot better. Hey, so, took a step forward. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you what, what you were seeing is you weren't having to keep Amari Cooper in the slot. You weren't having to keep CeeDee Lamb in the slot because, unfortunately, Michael Gallup just really isn't that prolific in the slot. So he's more of our outside deep play jump ball guy. So when he's in there, you have three guys that are either um, outside guys and two of them can play inside. But when you have Cedric Wilson in, you have a guy that specializes in the slot and you have now you have two guys that can 
both play in the slot if you want to get creative. So the offense just plays a lot more fluidly, at least in the passing game with Cedric Wilson. Even though I think Michael Gallup's a better receiver, I personally feel like Cedric Wilson is better for this offense. Yeah, he kind of reminds me. He, he's like your Debo to an extent. Like he, he's your he's your do it all type of cat. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of Debos, but if but but if one guy was to be our Debo, it would probably be Cedric Wilson. Yeah. Oh, uh, you want to go ahead and read that, Crocky? I don't want to interrupt, brother. Oh yeah, no. Nah, he yeah. just says uh, in 2011 we cracked Romo's ribs. I remember he left the game and then came back late in the game to throw a basically a winning game winning touchdown in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's not forget either, Travis. His his ribs were cracked, and he had a punctured lung. Yeah, and he says so. uh, fans at that game similar. Too many Cowboy fans at that game similar how we treated the Rams in their house. And I guess that's how rivalries go. So, yes, sir. yeah, it does work like that, man. And and my other question, um, uh, first I have to say, hey, man, you are very lucky to have Micah Parsons. That young man is an all-out monster. Um, how how do you feel that? your defense is going to hold up against our run game because that's most likely what, you know, that that's our, that's our bread and butter. That's our strength. How do you feel that the defense holds up against our run game? Yeah, that's a good question, man. And I think that's the most important aspect that Cowboys fans are asking themselves. Are we going to be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, are we going to be able to slow down that run game? Cause I, cause I said this earlier, you're very stubborn when it comes to running the football. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, similarly to, um, you know, the Seahawks in 2018, when we played them, that was a big talking point as well. Well, you know, when we had to play them in the playoffs and it was, they were the number one rushing team in the NFL. Um, They were very stubborn. They would run the football regardless of whatever the situation was in the game. And we came out and we held them to 76 yards. Um, there's a lot of the personnel on that Dallas Cowboys team that's not here anymore, but there's still uh, a lot of that defensive line is still here. And I think it's going to be really important to see if we can at least slow it down and force you guys to have to throw the ball early in the game. If it's late in the game and Jimmy has the ball in his hands, I'm worried. But if it's early in the game, I think he, I think he can get confused a lot. And I think he, uh, uh, you know, has a hard time processing the game post-snap at a, at a fast level. So if we can't slow down that running game, um, which I don't know if we can, and this is just me being honest, um, I'm going to need to see at least, at least the first half of this game before I feel comfortable projecting if we're going to be able to do it the rest of the game or not. So um, it's going to be problematic, and I think a lot of that's going to come down to um, you know, what, what's going to decide the outcome of this game is whether or not we could slow you guys down running the football or not. Yeah, man. And uh, for me, I, I look at it from, from a defensive standpoint for us, it's, it's stopping that, that, that little three-headed monster that you guys have there. I'm going to be as respectful about this as I possibly can. I am not worried about your run game by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sorry. It's, you know. <laughs> it's okay. Neither am I. There you go. I like it. I'm fan. If I'm a 49er fan, um, I want the Dallas Cowboys to run the ball 45 times because I really, uh, yeah, because that's a we, we for we're, disaster for us. Exactly, we're just not allowing people to run all over us. Um, and then, uh, you know, when it when it comes to Jimmy, he's great in that two minute drill. Um, the other times, I mean, there's times where he's just suspect, and it just scares the shit out of me because I don't need him to throw 
that inopportunistic pick. You know, we're two and seven when he throws a pick, and it's a little crazy. So hopefully things will work out well for us. Um, and uh, believe you me, man, I'm telling you right now, we trying to paint. We trying to paint AT and T steady in red, buddy. We want to oh, get out. I know out it's gonna happen. I, I know it's gonna happen. Uh, I just need Cowboys fans to show a little pride and stop selling their damn tickets to y'all. Ah, I know. Late, I saw man. that. I saw that on Twitter, bro. I saw that on Twitter. They were like, "Yeah, man, we gotta sell these. Uh, sell these. We don't don't sell tickets to 49er fans." Was, I'm like, I was joking on Twitter. Also, I said, I said, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not letting y'all through the gate. You can buy all the tickets you want, but if you got red on and an SF on your hat, you don't even get through the gate. I don't care if we have 35% capacity. I'm not letting y'all through the gate. But we know it's gonna happen. And the and the beautiful thing about that is outside of interdivisional games i don't care what anybody says this is the most historic and deep-rooted rivalry in the nfl this is Mm -hmm. lakers celtics for the nfl right um so very much so it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy we overload your stadium whenever we have to play there i know i'm gonna see a lot of red in at AT at&t stadium uh you know come this sunday um it's it's just gonna be fun man i haven't been this excited about a playoff game in a really really long time and I think this playoff game is going to be the playoff game of the weekend. Like, you can watch all the other ones, but I'm telling you right Absolutely. now, for everybody out there watching this right now, 49ers and Dallas rivalry goes back a long, long way, long man. Time. We we beat each other up. Uh, you know, we won some, they won some. But at the end of the day, man, you you have to, you know, you got to love everything that, that comes along with this game. And Absolutely. you got to know that th- this one is going to take you to the brink of disaster. If you think that last week, you know, you, you were you aged a little bit or you had high blood pressure, this game is gonna put you through the roof. And it's only strictly because we know what's at stake. Um I do have to say, man, um, you know, for me, I think that it's gonna be a, a closer game than people might think. I don't see a blowout either on either side. Um I probably I probably say it's gonna be about a, a three to seven point game, whoever actually wins. Um, for me personally, I'm definitely going for my Niners. I, I'm a, I'm a rep that all day. I want us to really go in there and kick your teeth in. But you know, at the same time, I know that we can get our teeth kicked in if we ain't smart enough. You know, so uh, are you going to the game, Dion? I cannot, man. I'm not going to Texas, bro. I ain't, I ain't got no way to get to Texas, man. Believe you me, if I did, if me, you, and Breezy would be right there, and we meet up with him and be at the gate, like, all right, it's three of us. What are you? We get to the gate. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna get you off and get the next car on, Dion. It's fine. Appreciate, appreciate you it, man. Hey, appreciate nice it, man. talking to you. Have yeah. have fun, Scott. All right, got another caller that's that's been patiently waiting. Real quick, to get to this. <laughs> Contribution here from our guy Brad. Oh, Wilson is Dak's go-to. He's very comfortable and confident when Wilson is on the field, like Romo and Beasley were. What has kind of gone to, or what what has kind of contributed to that, right? I mean, because you look at the Cowboys and there is CD Lamb, and I noticed kind of over the last five games, there, there was kind of a four-game kind of window there where Dak's, uh, excuse me, not Dak, uh, CD Lamb's targets were a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Right, he wasn't having the nine, ten game targets for a little bit. Is it just as simple as well? Wilson is the closest guy, kind of to the quarterback in the sense of where he's aligned, and he's more comfortable getting him the ball in space. But what has kind of contributed to him having more of this offensive, offensive explosion as, as opposed to the other talented rec- the receivers that Cowboys have on the outside? 
Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that's been something that I've been kind of, you know, trying to diagnose and analyze, you know, over the last 10 or 12 games or so. And really, you know, I spoke to this earlier. Uh, Cedric Wilson's a true slot guy. So when you were seeing Stephen Lamb getting these gaudy numbers every week, majority of that was coming from the slot. Now, he would have a couple couple plays on the outside where he would break something deep um, or he would, you know, come on like a deep crosser, right? And he would get something like that on, you know, uh, on a designed rollout. But majority of his yards and his catches come when he's in the slot. So when when Cedric Wilson came back, or, or excuse me, when Michael Gallup came out and Cedric Wilson stepped in, Cedric Wilson is a, a slot specialist. That's what he that that's what he's always been, even even back in Boise. So what you were seeing was CD coming to the outside a lot more, and um, Cedric Wilson just seems to have a knack for always getting open when when that needs him to be. Uh, the Romo to Beasley thing is is kind of funny to me because I didn't really ever really think about it that way, but um, you were seeing. You know, Gallup can't really play the outside, or uh, he he can't really play the slot that well, and at least not comparatively to see Lamb and Amari Cooper. So when when Gallup was in, a lot of their targets would come on the opposite side, or when they were moved inside. Um, and then when Gallup went out, Cedric Wilson stepped in. He's primarily the slot guy. So what we're trying to play up tempo, and we're playing with a really fast pace, which is what I expect Dallas to do again this week. Um, you're going to see Cedric Wilson getting a lot of targets because he seems to get open. Awesome. So I, I have my guy. He's been patiently waiting. My guy. What? Chris, it says you're in here. Chris, you on? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me perfectly? <laughs> yeah, got you loud and clear. Yeah, bro. yeah, I can hear you. Oh, because my, um, my stuff's been staticky. That's why. So I was like, send a link again. <laughs> but what's up? Uh, what's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Thank you for tuning in. It's going good. It's been busy. Woke up, had my little, uh, you know, little little interview. I guess you could call it. See how that 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 whole thing goes, and and uh, train some athletes. Hopped on here. I'm actually going on a podcast for with a cowboy guy uh, a little bit later today. Then I got a couple podcasts I have to knock out knock out for my obligation, and then get ready to fly out to Minnesota tomorrow. To oh, I fly to Minnesota tomorrow, Chris. Oh, I didn't know that. Man, we got to link up. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. So I get out there uh, around, I think, 1 tomorrow. I got to look at my flight stuff. And I'll only be out there uh, Friday. I'm evaluating some prospects at this training facility out that way. And then Saturday, I'm flying out to Dallas for the game. Okay. okay. Well, 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 we can definitely see what's up. I can definitely, you know, make some time to scoot in, come to you, and see wherever you're at. I want you to meet my nephew, too, uh, top 50 prospect in the in – the, 2030, uh, you know, draft class. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold, hold on real quick uh, before we c- continue, Chris. Uh, Jarwin is, is back. Uh, great for our offense to get back to that 12 personnel. Our offense, uh, mm-hmm. we explosive when we ran 12 personnel a lot. So, do, do you expect, and this is an answer for you, Chris, you know better than I do, are y'all better having an extra tight end in the field as opposed, excuse me, as opposed to an extra receiver on the field? Um, man, that's a good question. You know this as well as, you know, anybody else that we're going to talk to on the channel. Um, A lot of that's going to be based on whatever coverages, whatever defenses are showing us, right? So uh, we are very explosive. 
uh, you know, he's right. I'm just worried about how much we're going to see Blake Jarwin hit the field since he just came back from injury. Um, when when he's clicking, you know, it's funny. I forget exactly who it was, and this was a couple of years ago. I think it was Dak Prescott that said it, but he felt like obviously this is different now with Mike Parsons on the team. But at the time, he felt like Blake Jarwin was the best was the best athlete on the roster, not just wow. on the offense. Um, so yes, we are absolutely really explosive, um, especially with Blake Jarwin because he allows us to push stuff downfield, um, you know, over the middle, which we haven't been able to do a lot this year. Um, because he's been missing time, but um, I think I think it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to see. Really, I just don't know how much he's going to see the field since he just came back. Okay, all right. But what's up, Chris? What, what's on your mind? <laughs> Thanks again for uh, being patient with us. Oh no, you good? You know, I'm chilling today. Now, first off, I want to say I was wrong, Crop. You was right. Uh, the Niners uh, they started Jimmy. They were right to start Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, I came on the show and I was very loud. So I better be loud when I'm wrong, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. I and and my, right. my reasoning behind that was there, we know it's just there's more, there's more known in the sense of that atmosphere, what it takes, what we're going to get from the quarterback and the offense. Again, yeah, you're going to have a couple of interceptions or bad throws that potentially can be picked off from Jimmy, but you also know. Typically, he's going to put you in a position to be able to win. Now, whether they win or not, that's one thing. That's you know, that's a different thing. But you'll be in position as opposed to being in that environment on the road, which was kind of a home game still. But a rookie quarterback, you know, if he fell behind in that situation, you know, you'd be in trouble. I think that just the the train just fall off the tracks at that point. So it was good to see uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, continue to stay at it. A lot of people start doubting his thumb. I didn't think that would be an issue if he was out there playing. And, you know, it was good to see him come back and make me look like I was right. <laughs> but I, I, wanted, I wanted to push some, push back on uh, something Chris said earlier about the Rams uh, taking their foot off the gas in the second half. I'm going to say this. The Rams didn't have the ability to, to try to run the ball against us. Our run defense literally shut them down. We make them a one-dimensional team, and so they couldn't try to. They couldn't control the clock in the second half, run down the time, keep the ball away from the Niners as a not. And I think that's what ultimately got us back in the game. They, they, I mean, they literally couldn't run the ball, you know. And when you're not able to run a ball like that, and you're going through and out, you're you're giving that other offense a lot of opportunities. And so I think that's why the Rams couldn't get it going in the second half. But I wanted to ask you, Chris, uh, and I asked another uh, Cowboys uh, person this yesterday in spaces, uh, who do you think, if you could give me a player on defense and offense, who do you think will be the unsung heroes if y'all were to win on uh, Sunday? Ooh, it's a good question. Um, <clears throat> offensively, offensively for the Cowboys, I think it could be Dalton Schultz. I think he's a guy that, um, again, he just always seems to get open, and he he's he's one of Dak Prescott's favorite targets in in, in the red zone. Um, so he could be a big reason why the Cowboys end up winning the game. Um, 
he could be a big reason why the Cowboys end up blowing the game open. Um, so he could be my unsung hero on offense. Defensively, I think it's got to be J. Ron Curse. He's going to have a big test um, trying to guard uh, George Kittle. And he's one of, if not the most um, physical guys on defense. And so he will be challenging Debo on those stretch sweeps when you guys try and get him outside. He will be challenging people when they come across the middle. Um, we use him a lot as a uh, as a run blitzing safety. And then we use him a lot, uh, you know, as a pass blitzing safety. Uh, he's gone a little bit under the radar for guys like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs stealing all of the headlines. But he's probably going to have the biggest test. And I think, I think based on how he's played, he can he can live up to that. Another guy um, that we see in rotation a lot in safety and could be a big play guy for us is Malik Hooker. So keep an eye on those two guys. And I got one more question for you. Do you think the physicality of your football team is being undersold because of how people view the 49ers? Absolutely. Y'all have good- absolutely. Yeah, no, thanks for the question. I absolutely think so. Um, we've been a physical team for majority of the year. We like to smash you in the in the mouth defensively. We like to smash you in the mouth offensively and try and run the football. We haven't ran the football well the last you know six to eight weeks, but people are trying to say that the Cowboys are not a physical football team because of two games where we were out physical. I don't think we're the most physical team in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but I, 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 I know for a fact that we are a physical football team. What's going to come down to our physicality versus your physicality is how many of our players, how many of your players have to turn on being physical as opposed to just being physical and which team is going to start to slow down as the game goes on later in the game, the third and the fourth quarter, which team is going to be more physical? That's that's the question that I think people should be asking. Well, I, I have one answer for you. The Niners definitely don't have to turn it on. That's just they everybody that they draft and the guys that they have, like they all just they come with that physicality. That's almost like a standard for Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't like pussies. Right. Like you, you gotta <laughs> you gotta bring that's, that that's element. And if you are on on the softer side, they're gonna run you out of there, right? Like they did Dante right. Pettis. So and some other guys. So yeah, that's like guaranteed with the 49ers you're gonna have that physical element and it starts up front with guys like nick bosa you know he he is the bully you know guys like uh tank Lawrence is a bully too you know uh fred warner you you watch watch how fred warner is and how he carries himself and his demeanor and how he gets in guys faces like they they're all kind of like the tough guy bully so you know if it's bully on bully then you know we're just gonna have to figure it out but i know one thing those guys, Jimmy Ward, Tart, the way he comes down, uh, shoot, Debo Samuel, the way he just yeah. carries the ball and his like how he tries to inflict pain on guys. Like, I mean, he ran through, he had he had Jalen Ramsey running full speed at him and he dipped on boom. And yep. I, I thought that Ramsey was gonna go through the turf. How hard now he bounced up <laughs> yeah. and he got his Debo face, and Debo looking like what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, like, what did you expect was going to happen out here? 
Yeah, they they yeah. they got the the 49ers had a bully. So if it's so the Cowboys got bullies, then it's just gonna be bullies on bullies. 49ers, I mean Trent Williams, I don't know if there's a tougher player in the NFL than him. So I think those are the things that I'm really excited to see. So real quick before we get out of here, I want to get a final score prediction from you. A final score prediction? Yeah. No no analysis, just numbers. Just you can say how you think the game is going to go. Give your final score, and yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be close until until probably midway through the fourth quarter, and I think Dallas is going to be able to pull it out. I think it's it's going to be a situation where the Cowboy fan base is going to be on the edge of their seat because they're going to be like, man, we're only up, you know, we're only up by by two right now, or we're only up by one, and we do not want to give Jimmy the ball back. Um, and we need, we need to score in this drive. And then I think we're going to score in that drive. And like I said earlier, I think, um, we'll end up pulling it away late, uh, 31, 23. All right. 31, 23. And me just, again, I look at the 49ers, Broadway bullies. They're going to come down. I think they're going to push the Cowboys around a little bit, but obviously the Cowboys are going to push back. I think Cowboys have some explosive weapons, obviously, uh, they're going to be in the game. 49ers are going to be in the game. I think it's going to come down to almost who has the ball last. And I'm going to say it's the 49ers. I believe they win 30 to 27. The Cowboys, they, they score points. 49ers can score points. Definitely see it shaking out that way. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on um, when we were talking about physicality, um, I, watched, I watched a full, full, a full film breakdown, um, play-by-play, of the Green Bay San Francisco game. And one thing I notice is when you guys run a lot of two high shell, you don't mask a lot of stuff. And if you if and Green Bay checked out a lot of that into the run. They didn't get very much. They were getting very small amounts over and over and over again. But as the game went on, guys like Joey Bosa and guys like uh um Fred Warner they were taking bad angles and they were reaching a lot trying to get to running backs. They're getting tired. I know you guys are a physical team and this is not me saying, I think you guys are going to stop being physical. You guys are going to continue smashing helmets to helmets for the rest of the game. My thing is if you guys get tired, we will start to be able to run the football because green Bay was able to start doing that against you. They'll be able to start, they'll be able to start taking shots downfield. So that's that's my only caveat. Don't right. don't uh don't blow too much energy trying to out physical us too early. You guys could get tired. <laughs> I know, and, and, and that can happen in big games like this. And you know, you probably yeah. in your childhood played some of those games that are like you know just you're super amped Absolutely. up. That is like dang. By the end of the first quarter, it's like golly, I need an IV. I'm so I'm so you know kind of exhausted. I've, I've exuded so much energy, and I know I've had games like that as well. But Chris, man, let everybody know before you get out here. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I knew I was going to – I could see it in the chat. I was dealing with a lot of Cowboys slander or whatever. But it's all in good fun. It's all in good love. Too, so shout, shout out to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to the Cowboys fans that came in here. I don't know where you guys came from, if you guys just <laughs> normally tune in to Croc all the time or if you follow no, me here on Twitter. But, uh, but I appreciate you guys coming in here with me. Um, you can you can find me on Twitter uh, at N-O-N-V underscore Chris. That's no envy, um, abbreviated. Uh, N-O-N-V underscore Chris at Twitter. Um, and uh, N-O-N-V Chris uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, 
I talk a lot of football analysis on my page, but uh, I also, you know, I have my own clothing line. I'm wearing a shirt right now of that. I know a lot of people from the top looks like it was probably the star. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, so uh, I run my own clothing line. You guys can go check that out. I'm going to be doing a, a special promotion next month for Black History Month. Um, I'm going to be donating 50% of all the proceeds that I generate from all my total sales to HBCUs um, oh, nice. next month. So, so uh, please go check that out. Get your, you know, get, get yourself something, get your family something, whatever. I would appreciate it very, very much. I want to try and give back as much as I can. So, uh, Croc, man, it's been a pleasure. You're my brother. I appreciate you having me on to talk this rivalry. And, um, yeah, man, uh, good luck. May the, may the best team win on Sunday. It's going to be us, but may the best team win. So, And real quick, I got a super chat, so I have to honor it. He says uh, that run defense that you saw against the Packers is not the same run defense that they are today. Okay. Which we'll the numbers – yeah. Say that as well. The, the numbers back that up. It, it's a right. it's a team that has gotten really stout against the run for whatever reasons. I I don't know. I can tell you why. No, you're good. You're good. But so. uh, that's going to be something that we definitely keep an eye on. But Chris, man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks so much. All right. All right. That's my dog, Chris. Man, now he's going to kick their ass. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, no, that's my dog, Chris, man. Uh, shout out to him. If you guys aren't following him, on social media, follow him on Twitter, like he said. No envy, Chris. Uh, he's on there. He's live. He's active. He actually somehow has a good following from the 49er fan base. There are a lot of 49er people that follow Chris. So um, go ahead. He he pretty keeps you know keeps things even keel. Doesn't get too crazy. But I think this weekend, I know how I can get. I can get a little turned up. You know what I'm saying? I can get a little turned up. I know I'm gonna be excited on game day. Uh, turned up. I'm gonna be at the Dallas Cowboys stadium out there in Arlington or whatever the hell they are, man. It don't matter. I'm gonna be out there. Past nine games, 49ers haven't allowed a hundred yards, and teams are averaging 3.3 yards per carry over the last nine yards. 49ers run defense definitely getting it going and setting the tone up for the rest of the game, man. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. I don't know if I'm gonna see y'all tomorrow morning or Friday morning. Uh, again, tomorrow I'll be traveling to Minnesota. Friday, I have to evaluate some prospects at this training facility. And then Saturday morning, I fly out to Dallas. So from, from Minnesota to Dallas. So I'm going to be a little busy. I'm going to try to get somebody on here with y'all, though, so you guys don't miss the show. Man, I appreciate every one of y'all. If you are new to this channel and you haven't been here before and you're like, man, I like this show, go ahead. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend. Let people know what we got going on here. We definitely didn't get to the underdog fantasy. We didn't get to the underdog fantasy. I'll try to come on, do some underdog fantasy. Promo code Crocky. Download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com. If you are someone like me that likes to wager on over-unders and do those type of things and make you some money, parlay it together. Underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Came up with some money last week. Came up with some money last week. Got some good stuff. So that's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate everybody that's in here. I love all y'all. I appreciate all y'all. It don't get no better than this, man. Niners versus Cowboys. Let's go. I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into. Hold up. Hold up. Real quick. Somebody said no QB Monday. There was no QB Monday this Monday. But I'm going to see if Greg Pinelli has any time today. All right, so Greg has time later tonight. Be on the lookout for me going live. You guys will get the notification. Y'all come in here. 
Greg Pinelli, I want to get his opinion on the past performance between the 49ers and the Rams, uh, the quarterbacks in that game, the performance against the Cowboys, uh, and, and Dak Prescott. We're going to get into all that with Greg Pinelli. I'm hoping I can get him on later tonight. So if I can, then, yeah, there will be QB. Won't be QB Monday, but QB Wednesday. But all right, y'all, I'm out. Let's go. Peace. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Podcast.